Good morning. Good morning. This is totally classic. We are still asking the same question we were asking two weeks ago. A brief break for a COVID infection, essentially, linearly in terms of the release of this show. Uh, we're still asking the same question. I think we've already started to somewhat answer it, at least that it is a, our question, uh, is woke a religion, is tenable as a theory already. I was like, oh, this is a tenable theory. I don't know. I don't know if we've answered the question. That's an entirely different thing of like, oh, is this theoretically possible? And not in the grand scheme of like anything's theoretically possible, but like, oh, okay, yeah. No, no, no. This 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 has this has enough correlation. This got has traction. So we're gonna keep uh using that traction to um keep running it down. I'm Brendan and McNamara. And I am Andy Swindler. And I I feel like it's worth pointing out that. You know, I, I would probably be more likely to attach a stigma or a negativity to religion than you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deeply religious person um, as a Christian. So that that's that came to me. Like, that's not the intention of the question, is to imply that woke being a religion is necessarily bad. Is that your assessment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, calling it that would not in and of itself be a bad thing. I Again, my, my whole hope the whole reason I've, I've found this a tenable theory and been sort of viewing the world as this is the, the question, the answer to this question is what re, a religion is yes. I was like, oh, I think this could be helpful for both sides of people who flipping hate wokeness and people who love wokeness um, is that if you recognize what you're talking about is really more in the realm of religious uh, sub, like apprehension then that would gentle how you communicated it to other people. You would do so with a different level of humility. Uh, you wouldn't, as we talked about, and there was a senatorial hearing or whatever, where someone sort of violated out loud, sort of questioning, violate, actually just questioned sort of a tenant of wokeness, let's say, and then was, was quite immediately labeled like a tra uh, transphobic, right? So I was like, oh, that's sort of like, and that's meant as an insult because it can't be meant it, there wasn't enough information to label to mean it the word as it actually means so i was like oh, okay that would gentle experiences like that where you just be like oh well you don't understand the sort of tenants the tenants of the religion in which case oh well let me explain i have to explain the entire worldview same way as if i'm a christian like it doesn't make jesus died for your sins that priest i can't say that if you if you say well so now why would he have to die for your sins well that's christophobic like i wouldn't do that right you'd be like well i have to explain what what Christ means, what a Messiah is, what sin, what original sin is, whether we'd have to figure out whether that's a legitimate claim or, you know what I mean? There's so many, there's so many presuppositions there that like, and whereas, so most Christians other than like a, what's that, Westboro Baptist or whatever, might just be like, you know, you know, shut up, you know, or whatever, most people. Um, and, and in some ways those would be seen as like, literally the like, I just use them as because I think both in the in the world of Christendom and outside Christendom, uh, Westboro Baptists is uh, those are the people who like protest like funerals and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They would kind of be seen as like the quote unquote worst. Like those are the worst Christians. Um, now maybe inside Christianity, not necessarily, but like uh, in general, that was something that a Christian and non-Christian could shake hands and be like, yes, that is not how we how we roll. But I see that kind of behavior manifesting in the woke culture as it is revealed in pop culture or in like mass media. So it's like if people could understand that it was a religion, it would gentle them. And people from the outside, even looking at like a Westboro Baptist to go, those people seem terrible. But instead of just being like, I flipping hate you to go, oh, okay, kind of Russell Brandit, 
uh, Russell Brand had the, had like memories of the Whisperer Baptist Church on his show when he had a show on like FX or whatever. And it was great. I was like, this is fantastic. Cause he was just like, instead of just being like, well, you seem like awful bigots. He was just like, okay, well wait. And so why would that be? Why does that make sense? I was just talking to, and, and I think that's healthy. I think that's good. I think people, if we could look at it as such, we could both kind of gentle our approach for one another instead of just being like, you're this, no, you're this. So yes, I, I mean it as a positive thing in terms of uh, social socializing. And yes, with no negative stigma on the word uh, religion. Got it. Uh, I think I'm hearing you use the word gentle, like a verb, is that right? Yes. Gentle our approach? Could yes. You, I'm unfamiliar with that kind hmm. of expression. Could you say more about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I in general love to turn uh, nouns, adjectives, you know, into verbs and verbs into nouns. And, you know, it's a fun way to, uh, to play with language, um, which is a lot of what we talk about in here and how, how much play is allowable and how much play is wildly confusing or how much play is wrong, you know, for example, or like, you know, incorrect. Um, and I write poetry and, and whatnot. So, so I'm also like, oh, well, we can do anything, you know, as long as, it, you know, it just might be wildly confusing. Um, but gentle, I would say most especially for me <laughs> is a, uh, is literally already used as a verb uh, in the series of books, uh, The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan uh, in the future where women uh, have access to sort of Think of it like the force, let's be honest. It's like the sort of power that exists. Uh, and men do too, but when men access it, uh, they go crazy. They eventually go insane. Uh, mm. Until, I won't spoiler alert, like what happens later. But at least initially, that's how it goes. So any men who can access, access the one power, the source in many ways, um, they eventually go crazy. So the women, typically, the sort of ruling class of power women, um, will find those men early on once they start manifesting their ability to manipulate magic um, and cut them off uh, from, from the source. So they won't be able to do more and more harm and they won't go out of their minds. Um, and that process is called gentling. Wow. So that, which is, you know, of course, for people it's happening to, they're literally being forced to cut off from the thing that gives them the most life in their life. You know what I mean? It's, that's a, it's, a, it's a quandary, right? But the, but the language uh, to soften the blow of what, they're at, what they are doing uh, is, is called gentling. So, oh yes, that man has been gentled. Um, you know, we're, we need to gentle him as soon as possible. His power grows too strong, that sort of thing. It reminds me of this quote from Margaret Mead that I've never seen anywhere other than uh, an essay my dad wrote about fatherhood and philosophy, mm. fathering for freedom, I think it was called. And the quote is, uh, every known human society rests firmly on the learned nurturing behavior of men. Mm. Which I could tease us out for a future discussion around patriarchy, I know that's come up a few times. Mm -hmm. But one thing you're highlighting just around language is just how essential that is to, to woke culture. Yeah. Um, and you know, there was just a couple of days ago, um, a, a team I'm on. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I never used this expression, but for some reason I was uh, used the expression "no man's land," and mm. and I was gently corrected, uh, or or potentially corrected or upgraded to say "no person's land." And what's funny about that? Interesting. So this this I think this is a good sort of thread to take us into like the language of it because to me that's probably the most obvious sort of tangible way that woke culture shows up is some people might call it policing, I would say interrogating. I think it's actually 
I mean, you, I, we both agree interrogating language and understanding these things are, yeah. is important. I just started reading a book called um, Hospicing Modernity and she uses the term wording the world. Like, like that's, that's a lot of what we did with the English language and colonialism. It's like, we, we want to define things and control things and sort of put them in yeah. a static form when I'm with you, like, like turning things into verbs, like motion yeah. to me, motion is the actual natural state of the universe. I think everything's, um, I mean, that's sort of obvious at a biological level. You know, we're all, yeah. all little cells like humming and, um, but uh, anyway, so I looked it up, No Man's Land, and I was like, oh, interesting. So this was a World War I reference, hmm. um, I believe. And, you know, and it was like, so No Man's Land is actually pretty technically accurate. Uh, oh, it ha yeah, it has uh, to unless, be. Yeah, yeah. Unless we could get into, oh, maybe maybe there were, you know, men in that were that now would identify differently or whatever. That's going to be a big part of our discussion today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh. No, really, there, that's not no person's land. There were like no women on that battlefield. <laughs> sure, <laughs> like, sure, sure, yeah. So, well, and, so, and it's, yeah, and it's the phrase too. So then even it doesn't, like it doesn't matter. I mean, the phrase is no man's land. So you can't be like, well, it's no person's land. We're like, well, that's not what the phrase is. So no, like no, yeah. True, but that's a lot of yeah. what happens in woke culture is we, we sort oh, of- Oh, interesting. I mean, think about it, like all the way down yeah, to yeah. Latinx and a lot of things we've talked about in other, other yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like- so, but but for, to me, what I'm more interested yeah. in is actually undermining and rewriting um, violent metaphors. Mm -hmm. You know, like like even even in our in, on my team, we were <laughs> we just do, we have a little practice of doing this. Even though something as simple as like um, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, we're like, why why does everything have to be violent? So we say um, get two birds stoned at once. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So there's little adjustments like that that seem yeah pretty, yeah yeah pretty innocuous. So to me, it was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily change that. I'd rather stop using the phrase because it's, it's actually referring, it's a war metaphor. <laughs> it's actually relating mm -hmm. to this, this war and this violence. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I always feel like with language, because I love to play with language, but and maybe we'll even get into this. To me, it's almost like um, there's a magnetism between language usage and uh, strict semantics. Or even any concept, and you're there's a certain level of play that you can engage with, <clears throat> with magnets, um, where you can push them towards each other, and they can kind of feel that friction. You can pull them away, and they start to attract. You can try different angles to feel, but at some point, if you there's a turning, there's a there's a point of no return when you break the connection, <clears throat> and language is rooted in that. So if you turn it past the sort of midway point, then all of a sudden it doesn't, like the magnets lose their interplay. You know, or it's getting into full rejection mode or whatever, right? You know what I mean? So then then you're just like, no, that has nothing. You, so you can, it's so fun basically to use something that is both concrete and malleable and you want to use it as best as you can without breaking it. It's like a toy, it's like a toy in that way. Like if you break the toy, then no one gets to use it. Um, and so I, I, that's where I see a lot of the tension arise is people are like, no, is where you take language too far or whatever, or the whole thing of like, um, no, you don't play with it that way, <laughs> which is really kind of, this is, again, this is a both sides, both sidism, um, and that people have that demand. It's like, well, no, that, that can't, like, for example, I would demand, I was like, you can't change no man's land because that's literally the phrase saying you have to say no person's land means we're literally starting today in this meeting and we have to wait 75 years until this phrase is as useful as it is now. So that doesn't make 
any, this is the conservative element, right? Which is like, that doesn't make any sense. Like everyone knows what no man's land is. There's movies called no man's land. There's, it's been, it's been cited for hundreds and hundreds of years. So saying no person's land is like, that's new, that's brand new. So why would we start a new thing when we have, again, this is conservatism, right? Why would we start a new thing when the old thing isn't broken? You know, and I think that's where a lot of dis disruption comes too, is where like once the the play gets beyond play and then we have to examine, oh, wait, are we being playful here? Are we being, ex are we examining it? Or are we breaking the very thing? But I also believe within woke, the intention as with religion is to, if not break everything, to break things. Like woke is here to break things yeah. and, ca and cause, cause problems and stress people out and make people angry and offend people because all religions do that all religions like happen. Like Jesus, Jesus, right? Whoever was like, uh, I use Jesus a lot, A, because I'm a Christian, but Jesus also pops up in like most world religions. Like he's, he's a figure in Islam and Judaism uh, and he's referenced in Buddhism. Um, Hinduism doesn't necessarily talk about him, but they do have like theories or whatever. But you know, he's like, it's a, he's, he pops up all around the world and he came and he was like, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Like I came to set, uh, mother, you know, uh, father against son, a uh, daughter-in-law against mother, like, so plainly came, he was like, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm up to is going to be divisive. And any change movement at all has been fundamentally also divisive. So I think, so that's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't say that the rupture, I, I'm just most conservative around language. So that's a, a way, an easy place for me to go and feel very secure and not like wildly triggered about it. You know what I mean? Like if someone said no person's land to me, I'd just be like, no, that's ridiculous. Right. I was like, that. yeah, I was like, you'll lose. We can have that conversation right now, but what you're saying is, is untenable. It, it has like, it's not so, but I can do that without being like mad. I wouldn't be mad at someone who said, well, let's say no person's language. I would laugh about it because it's a funny joke. But if someone meant that for real, I'd be like, oh no, no, that's not real at all. You know what I mean? Whereas, so I like to go to places where I feel confident, not to dominate, but to be, to know I'm going to get left. I'm going to be less triggered and less likely to get violent or angry or all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I actually just looked it up again. Thank you. Because I, I realized it's the modern reference is World War One, but you're right, it's been actually in use for almost a thousand years, uh, ostensibly, according to the the ultimate tome of knowledge known as Wikipedia. Uh, which I've been hit, I, yeah, I've been hitting yeah, up the right. OED hard lately, man. I got to tell you, I mean, OED has been has been been so good for me lately. Although you have to pay for it, did you know that? It's only by yeah. you have to, you have to the oh, online, yeah. which oh, is it's cool. Hard, it's it's, it's exhaustive, but. But sometimes no, you can slip in. I don't understand. You'll put some words in and then the whole, like I sent you a page today on uh, gender. And I was like, wait a second. This is like the whole listing, you know? I think, yeah. I think for our interrogation of language, it's quite important. Um, yeah. And I think a couple of things coming up for me. So one is just, you know, I, I tend to go, I can get up, go abstract and kind of go deep. And like we were saying earlier, everything is energy, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. one of those, I mean, these are just vibrations. I mean, language itself is quite tenuous yeah. and fragile, right? Like just trying to listen to somebody who's speaking a different language. They're just slightly different vibrations, really using yeah. basically the same equipment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden the coding is all gone, right? Like we've yeah, lost yeah. all ability to, to decode. Um, so I think there is something to that. Like it is, you could you, maybe it feels like a slippery slope where it's like, holy crap. Like we can't just like, annihilate all all language because then it, it's sort of just the, the fabric one of the pieces of fabric of how we hold together i think the argument a lot of times for 
woke and, and yeah it is intended to be disruptive because it's yeah. disrupting you know a, a language of imperialism that has led to systems that are that seem that are very very locked locked up with our you know economic system and, and politics and you know at least at a, at a minimum uh designed to help us question those yeah, concepts yeah. And, ideas. and then and then yeah at the extreme end being like no we need to subvert this we need to dismantle this we need to destroy and, and yeah, yeah. rearrange all of this start over yeah a lot of times not done in a way that's particularly circumspect i think one of the things you know yeah you've done more research into just even even some some of the terminology that's introduced in, mm. in some of these communities you know when is that really helpful and when is that uh to to the people it's it's theoretically designed to help uh, or or lift up or marginalized and when is it you know not only uh maybe not addressing you know sort of um, a zero sum because it's trading sure sort of that focus on uh, argue probably a minority population you know for the for the majority population um and which and, and then in other cases is it not even actually serving the minority population in, in the way that we imagine it might and I, yeah. I i personally and this is just a personality thing with us find myself to be extremely liberal in this in this way um yeah which you know as a student of language and writing often quite formally that's interesting <laughs> uh for me uh, you know i don't know i think i'm this is a good opportunity for me to interrogate that for myself like why am i so attracted to that subversion that 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 wokeness uh you know some of that is because i i really did buy into the idea that that's uplifting and helping marginalized voices and helping people be seen who historically aren't or, or or in some ways are not only not seen but are you know where violence is actually um being enacted um you know and but there's also a piece of it i think for me that it's just um and this is the part i think i'm most interested in interrogating as somebody who i don't go around saying i'm woke i don't, I don't like that term kind of like the way that i don't like saying i'm an ally it's just kind of like i don't know it's not about the label but i'm attracted to the energy of it because i've somehow yeah. really bought into the idea that like Oh, no 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 this needs to be subverted this needs to be interrogated this needs to be flip, flipped inside out um and there's a kind of rightness there i know that came up last time rightness or self-righteousness yeah. about like oh i don't know like i'm really i think i'm really attracted to the idea that it's it's really the, the one way i think we're quite different where i i and it's funny to talk to you about it because i hadn't really interrogated it very deeply but like of course we should throw out that uh the way a term has been been used for three thousand years because oh because, yeah because we just learned something new and of course you know which yeah. in some cases you know let's interrogate that and let's figure out when that may be useful but in a lot but also holding that well if we just did that for all language then it would all basically unravel <laughs> so yeah 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 or if you do it in communities first then that explicitly makes your community an enemy of the people general population right this is and this is the wild thing is there haven't been any woke martyrs yet so that's one way in which it is not like a religion um or but maybe there have i don't know you know the community more than i do but um but that's that's inevitable with the way it's proceeding uh and that's pretty much how I mean, that's how Christianity grew, right? <laughs> they killed Jesus and then they killed every single disciple except for John. Then they killed like Paul, who's like whatever, 
according to Time Magazine, one of the probably top five most important people in human history. Um, like Abraham, one of the most important human beings in human history in that like the Abrahamic religions now influence the entire world. Um, in terms, you know, wars, you know, both positive and negative, obviously. But so like people had to die for a generation because they said the opposite of what everyone else was saying. And so that's the interesting thing that's happened with woke is woke people, I, in some ways, I almost feel like woke people are looking for martyrdom. Um, also because it's necessary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, people people die when they, this is in every, in every revolution in history. But what woke is proposing, even just in the language usage, is revolution. Um, what Christianity is proposing is revolution. It's not, it's in many ways, Christianity is sort of the, it's very akin to woke, but it's the opposite of woke because it's not seeking um, systemic transformation as much as individual transformation. Although I feel like woke is the, the goal of systemic tr transformation, but the, the impetus often is on individual transformation and then accruing essentially converts, right? Where then you then convince, the more people you convince to then do this, then will then lead to systemic uh, conversion, essentially, right? All of this being conversion into, and the, and the, and the, yeah, the energetic excitement is uh, doing something righteous. The path, walking the path of righteousness is the obsession of all religions. It's the, it's the obsession of wokeness, right? And then it's, this is an interesting thing too, though, which is the way in which woke has come out of, I think, the, the sort of general social, what is it, construct of, uh, uh, of moral relativism applied the whole th the world of um, my truth, where people were saying that for a long time. In some ways it was great. Trump, this is what I think Trump was best at. And I'm gonna use my hands more when I say Trump. What Trump was great at is Trump was the my truth president. <laughs> he was like leading, he literally did anything. He said, if anyone said disagree with him, he was just like, no, that's not true. I think this, so that's what's true. Like he was the my truth president. And so we all got to see what it would be like if we had a president and his, Giuliani even defended him that way. Well, there's your truth and there's my truth. And you're like, uh oh, oh no. In some ways it was great. So moral relativism kind of blew up because of, of Trump. But in some ways I feel like people left the my truth movement and then we're like, let's look at what truth is. And then the, th the truths that we don't think are truths, let's change those. You know what I mean? Let's, and so it becomes like walking this um, like rebellious path of righteousness and picking up, like picking up the right cause and chasing it. I mean, I think that's, and that's good. And the thing I like about it, because I have people who are still steeped in the moral relativistic, my truth world, um, which is, I think, uh, you probably run into folks like that in the new age thing, right? Um, where there is no right and wrong, really, except what you or I say it is, which means you can't enact social change then, because social change would be an improper violation of everyone's individual sovereign ability to determine for themselves what's right and wrong. So, but that just doesn't seem practical, right? You know what I mean? That's And the thing that I've uh, run into in terms of when I argue with folks or have lost friendships over is that was a, something came up a couple of times this week um, for me uh, in one of the, this like letter of like piss off uh, from one of my friends. They said, you, uh, what was it? You seem to be, you seem to be very concerned with being right. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, wait, from her worldview, I think she's expressing that as like, you see where you're kind of like outside of the orthodoxy, you're being heretical right now. But I was like, no, of course I'm obsessed with being right. I wouldn't do anything unless I thought it was right a at all. I wouldn't feed my body. I wouldn't feed myself if I didn't think it was right. I wouldn't walk across this floor if I didn't think I was correct. I was right in my assumption that that the floor is gonna hold, hold me up. You know what I mean? So I think it's it's part of the, 
it's part of the energy of being a human being. And so it makes perfect sense why you'd be attracted to it in, in that way. The same way, like I understand, like energetically why I'm attracted to, to Christianity or any religion, because it says something's wrong. Something's wrong with the world. Something's fundamentally wrong with the world. And then here's how you are fixed or fix yourself, depending on what the paradigm of religion, whether it's a workspace religion or, or not, or whatever, like Christianity isn't, but like Catholicism kind of is. Um, and they're kind of obviously quite inter closely related. Um, and then how you, how you change that? Like, how do you go about and then make, basically make the world a better place? I mean, how, how could that not energize people? Like, how can you not get excited about that? And that's why I'm excited about it too. But, and then it's always just like, well, is this a good way to change the world or not? Or is it, is it causing more harm? And that, you know, gets into our whole harm reduction, uh, cost benefit analysis kind of thing. So yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, for me, it, it, especially in these this these books I'm reading right now, like, which in a lot of ways is confirming what I was already believing, just about, you know, call it modernity, um, or she also says, which is synonymous with coloniality, which is a term I had been exploring the terms colonization or colonialism, but coloniality being a more of a way of being that emerges. Uh, in terms of our culture from being colonized. And so I, I, to me, that is the virtue of it uh, at broadly of, yeah. of woke language in particular, just just subverting or, or rearranging. Um, but the challenge I have with it, which is true of the, inner, the energy of, of, I think, woke or, or some of the topics we've talked about is you know, when is that just really punching somebody in the nose and not actually meeting them, meeting them where they are? Yeah. Is that, to me, that that's the greater, it's harder actually <laughs> to meet somebody where they are, especially if they have really different viewpoints. That's like a lot of the whole point of this show. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, you know, so to me, like, when is it, when are we changing something and then assuming that that is the way it has to be, or that is the right way. I mean, rightness comes up a lot in there. Yeah. Um, oh, it has to. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, a friend of mine actually was, you know, newer to using pronouns. And mm. uh, this was pretty recently, maybe in the last year or two, and was at some kind of uh, training or workshop. And I think I think she just asked about them. This is kind of resonant of a lot of the things I think you're mm -hmm. curious about is like just yeah. how people react when they're even just asked. Um, and so she didn't like didn't get pronouns or I think just asked, can you can you can you let me know about pronouns? Like what what is this? And really did not get a good reaction. Like got a pretty hostile reaction about oh you should know this or you're you're the bad guy essentially because you don't know this piece. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to me, that that phenomenon, I'm not saying that's everywhere, but that phenomenon, and I've seen it too, and I think you have a lot on the internet. Yeah. Um, that that to me is rooted deeply in probably a kind of wounding or fear. Um, I, like the, the most generous explanation I have for that is that somebody who is deeply harmed or and marginalized, uh, you know, that this provides them a voice this provides them a kind of stability to express themselves mm. and even being questioned about it, it doesn't feel like an innocent question it, it feels like a kind of attack or or a kind of like 
because that that I think the perception is like, well, that's the whole world, that's the dominant culture, um, and kind of yeah. like, oh, I thought we were in this group here to be be protected, but but so did my friend, right? She also thought yeah. she, she was in this group to be curious and open and learn together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that I think that's almost all roads for me lead back to just emotional regulation and emotional maturity. Just yeah, how, how can we hang in those moments? And even if the answer is you know what, I don't have, I am, I don't have the resources or the capacity to explain this to you right now. Like, yeah, yeah, let me, yeah, let me, 4,000 things yeah. you can get on, on Google or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or let me, let me bring you, I think if you're in person, you should always just be like, who's the person who can tell you about that? You know what I mean? Who just right. be like, oh, you know who loves talking about that? And you just walk over it and you're like, here's Keith yeah. or whatever. Keith, yeah. Keith, Keith will totally break it down. And then you can ask him all the, all the questions. Um, yeah, that's interesting because see, I would assume, and I, I could be wrong about this, and this is a, oh, I'm going to examine two things. Colonality, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold this in his hand so I don't forget the guy when I look at the colonality or the, the colonization um, uh, examination because I think it might be super germane. But I also wanted to examine, on the other hand, uh, when you talked about sort of uh, language as vibration, with, which it absolutely is because all sound is vibration, right? And it's, it's, it's vibrations that we agree uh, mean something. <laughs> that vibration means this, and that vibration means this, and and we still have confusion, obviously, from place to place, but essentially, and you know, we're making a lot of the same sounds, you know, except with rare exceptions amongst the languages in the world. A lot of times, it's the same sounds arranged differently. Um, <clears throat> and I feel like because again, you've told me how many Zoom calls you've been on, and that you're in spaces with actual people who are present there in front of you in some way or another, and almost all my interaction has to do with the written language. I was like, oh, I wonder if those things proceed differently. Like I, I tend to think of, I see the, and I, see, I think I am more afraid, thinking of emotional dis dysregulation, I am more afraid of in-person conversation, vibration, because I think it can go off the rails quicker. I think it's a less safe uh, means of communication. Um, but you are, because I'm not as naturally empathic as you either, so I don't have the I literally don't have the detection software. I don't have the radar to know when things go awry. And my natural radar software tends to, if there's a ping, I go towards it. So I go towards tension. So then if I feel like oh, tension energy, you know, you you're might be like, oh, things are getting weird. I'm gonna breathe. If I hear tension energy, I'm like, I'm zoomed towards it. And that seems to cause further dysregulation in other people. So I'm like, I love the written language. Uh, A, so, for safety's sake, everything that I've said is captured and I don't delete anything ever. Um, unless I made a terrible typo and no one's commented on it or whatever, <laughs> but I don't ever delete anything. So then everything I've said is out there. And then, and I found that so helpful. Like I had this big friend break breakdown, but everything we'd done except for one Zoom call. And I was like, why didn't we record the call? Uh, almost all of our Congress was on text message or Marco Polo or an email. So when I was like trying to figure out, wait, what happened here? I could literally go through 90% of our Congress and, and see it. And it's like, it's validated. And I was like, okay, good. Cause he, sometimes in those situations, you're like, am I crazy? Right. Did I say that? Did I say it in this way or blah, blah, blah. And it also takes tone out of it. Cause people, I've too often people are like, don't like my tone. So I, as I'm working on that, I just try to stay in the realm of, of written language. Cause I think it's safer. Whereas you interact, I think much more in verbal language. And so it's, but I think us being very different people, I, I was, A, just want to remark, I was like, oh, I think there are reasons why we tend those directions. Um, but also interesting to hear how 
like where things flare up too. Like if people um, get more re reactive, like like that, for example, where they're like off offended or angry at someone for asking a question, does that happen more in the in the verbal uh, language realm? Yeah. Or is that is that anything you've noticed? Well, I think a couple of things. It, it is intriguing, and I, and I feel like I'm going to zero in on pronouns here a bit. Yeah. That that's a very tangible um, thing that has a lot of dimensions to it. I'm reminded of this was pre-pandemic. This was like more than three years ago. I was uh, invited to speak on a panel about, I think it was called Wired for Work, but it was about gender. Mm. Uh, but I think it's 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 a good example because like we weren't. To my, to my knowledge, it was like a women's group, as, as I'm recalling. Yeah. Um, and it inspired me to write. I think I sent you that that blog I wrote about that because that, that was like after that panel was mm. I, I like had all these thoughts about just the nature of, of gender at work and, and men and women and in the workplace and all the all these interactions. But I remember I think that was yeah, probably fairly fairly close to when I was starting to use pronouns and, and even just write them on the, like my name tag. So one thing I'm thinking as you're talking is like, well, pronouns, there's a way to announce it when we're checking in, like say we're in a, a circle or a group setting. Yeah. And we're all going one by one and saying, hey, my name is, so it's quite common in a lot of circles I'm in to, to say your name and your pronoun and your location. And, yeah. um, and, in, and in this case, it was fascinating because you know, it was a corporate kind of environment, maybe, maybe kind of conservative. And I wrote my pronouns, he, him on my name tag and like, I met one of the organizers when I when I walked in and just the, whatever the kind of cocktail hour. And she laughed, like she thought it was a joke. She, she oh, had no yeah. awareness of like what, why I was doing that or what that meant or. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just cause I, I pretty, I think somewhat obviously present male. It is interesting when I shave, somebody said it's quite a different presentation. Like I, I even sure. appear a little more androgynous. Just, I, I think I have less defined, you know, traditionally masculine features like a, a chiseled jawline or something like that. Oh, gotcha. Um, but uh, anyway, I don't think, I would not deny that I, I most people would guess I'm a man and yeah. I do accept that identity. Um, so that, 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 you know, you just, you just made me remember that, but right? I just thought it was fascinating. And I think I turned it into a little teaching moment about like, you know, and, and at that time, I, I was super like, oh, this is this is the way we're going to be doing it from now on. I mean, that was essentially like once I learned pronouns, I was like, oh, shit, like this is the way yeah. to do it. Because yeah, yeah. my understanding was this this helps people. This helps everybody feel included. Right. Mm -hmm. This this is, you know, somebody say who is transgender. Um, so maybe they they present uh, traditionally, you know, male. Um, uh but the reality is they're they're a trans male or trans man, you know, so they were biologically assigned um, female at birth. Mm. And, you know, but they, um, but maybe it's hard to tell, right? Or maybe like it, it can be, you know, there is a cognitive dissonance there. I mean, I remember yeah. there's a, a theater group here, Collaboration, that I love because they're all, all often doing programming around social justice kind of issues and and, and then they do a little talk back after. And I, I remember that was one of the first times, this was several years ago, maybe four or five years ago. And one, there was a trans uh, person doing one of the plays and really exploring some of these issues. And it was like their own life story. 
and then the talk back you know it it was i had a lot of fear to even express this but i was just like well the reality is like i was i found myself confused like i found myself wanting to my brain was like trying to figure out which box they fit in like it was you know and i think that's part of what we're trying to undermine here is this is putting everything in these nice little neat boxes or these predictable boxes or associating one kind of categorical way of looking or a number of characteristics of, of looks and appearance to somebody's identity and somebody's you know personality and all these other things because yeah. at, at large I think that is quite damaging because it's limiting you know I, I'm super liberal in this way because I'm just like I think everybody is this unique amazing <laughs> beautiful expression and I want to see that you know come out so so I think my attraction to the pronoun pieces is is a function of like does this help somebody feel more expressed? Does this help, does this um, reduce the likelihood that somebody who appears one way is going to yeah. constantly have to be correcting people? Like constantly, you know, because they're people, yeah. are, they're going to assume one pronoun that that is not the way that person identifies. And they're just, their whole life is like, oh, you know, what? actually, <laughs> I'm a she, like, it's, you know, it's cool, but um, maybe it's not cool, you know, so. Yeah, yeah maybe not, but, yeah. But there is one nuance I've learned more recently, I'd say, is, you know, there are groups that, and I, I, I totally on board with this, like, I don't, I, I don't think I ever, like, was in a group where we forced people to, to say their pronouns, but, but it might have felt like that, because it was a lot of the culture, the, the, oh, sure, yeah, the culture of, I've definitely been in a lot of groups that I think fit into this kind of woke religion, where, like, oh, like, we have to use pronouns here, because that's, yeah. that's, that's the way that's the way this revolution works. And, and if we don't do that, then we're not being inclusive and we're not doing all these things. But the, the nuance there is that if somebody hasn't come out yet, say as being mm. trans, um, you know, if we're forcing them to speak their pronoun, but they have, but they're not yet at a point where they're, where people, where they've expressed to, to their community or to that group uh, that, that they're trans, that they're use, maybe using a pronoun that, you know, looks, sounds and looks differently than, than most people think they look, um, that we're actually asking them to lie about their identity yeah. uh, and speak, speak more, more to how the, the rest of us may think they look or the box they fit in rather than how they truly authentically feel about their expression and their identity. And to me, that's even more damaging. So there's mm -hmm. that, that component of that's, that falls into the, oh gosh, we're not even really helping the, the marginalized folks by by you know forcing this pronoun thing yeah and then there's the the larger thing which i feel like you bring up more often which is and what are we doing to the majority like if it's about inclusivity what happens yeah. to all the people who are like what the fuck are pronouns <laughs> like what like yeah like maybe i'm willing to like learn but you know please don't blast me for that um or maybe i'm not willing to learn because we to your point we haven't done that for ever <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting the the colonist. This is why I want to bring up the colonization thing too. Well, and lies are interesting. Oh gosh, which one do I chase? Okay, let's just chase the lie one first. That's when you said. So that's interesting. The like, and that makes logical sense too. That like, oh, this is how we have to be careful about pronouns or demanding them, because someone a someone might be undecided. They'd literally be like, I I can't I can't answer that. A B. If I was ever in that group where you had to say your pronouns, I would absolutely make a joke out of it because that's. That's how what comedy is. You have to break the routine, um, and so I and I think it's funny. Um, so and then uh, 
see the interesting about lies, right? What if you cause someone to lie? So they would have to say something or they would feel compelled to say something, uh, have compelled speech contrary to that which they perceived to be true, which is the big, it's like the big kind of, I would say even the primary argument about people not using pronouns that don't match biological sex is that slash gender would be that then they, then they're lying, right? So then if they're like, if I can't perceive you as what you claim to be, then at some point I either have to go, okay, I'm wrong, my senses, but then, but a lot of times people are just having to lie. They're like, I don't believe you. So then I'm saying something that's not true. This is like the, I brought this up to you too, the um, Star Trek Next Generation, the, what is it, Four Lights? I always forget the uh, uh, Chain of Command. It's like a two-part episode where Captain Picard gets kidnapped and then he gets tortured. And throughout the torture, the torturer, uh, who the actor just recently died, um, David something, um, he uh, keeps trying to get Picard amongst other tortures to just say that there are, uh, there's like one more light or one less light than there actually is in the room. So if he can get him to say something that he perceives to be false, he, he will break something fundamentally in him and then everything else will flow from there. That's like, if he can do, we know that in the scene, right? If, he'll, if he can just say that, he'll be like, oh no, it's all over. Um, he never breaks because he's Picard. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have said that beforehand, uh, but whatever, it's, it came up 40 years ago. Um, so in, in the, with the pronoun use, and I think this is why online, again, I mostly function in the written uh, realm, there's a whole thing on Twitter that people are like, oh, pronouns in their bio. And then once people click and see pronouns in their bio, they're like, I'm not going to listen to that person anymore. They're mm -hmm. like, I'm, that, that person that person is kind of dead to me. And I see that not, I'm not, I don't see that in conservative spaces. I see this in like Democrat liberal spaces only. Cause that's really, I don't really, I don't know people, especially on Twitter. I don't really know any conservative people. So they're like, oh, I'm done. So then this is this weird schism amongst like liberals and progressives or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but it is specifically, it's explicitly progressive to, like you're talking about, alter language and change the way in which we, I mean, that's, it's the definition of progress. We're trying to like, no, we're trying to push past. We're trying to make progress here. Um, anyway, so I thought that was interesting. So then you have this double lie scenario, right? So if I see someone and by all my ability to evaluate and validate my own senses and trust that I am able to ascertain the truth as much as anybody, and I see someone, let's say you, right? And you like, you're, I'm like, you're a male. And then if you say, well, no, I'm a she, then I go, of course I have cognitive dissonance. Cause I'm like, wait a second, is that true or not? I, I, uh, uh, and then do I use, I, and I don't know what I, I don't interact with enough people who are trans to know how to deal with this because I'm always like, oh, this is such a long conversation we have to get into now. I can't just do it. I, I would never just do something cause someone says to do it. I mean, this was like, uh, this is why I had cops call to me, put a mask on, why? I don't put a mask on just because someone has a sign to put a mask on, right? So then I wouldn't just because someone says, well, I'm a she, if I'm like, wait a second, my immediate instinct, wait, is this person lying to me? And then if they if they truly believe that they are that, then they aren't lying to me. They're saying, they're speaking, quote unquote, their truth, right? But then if my truth is the opposite, then I can't say she to you, for example, I can't say it. Like I can't say it because then I'd be lying. So then this is where you get into the minority majority thing where you're like, Pronouns constantly introduce that dilemma uh, of like, oh wait, do I agree with you or do I not agree with you when someone says their pronouns? Especially now that we're like in the flexible realm of like, if you're gonna take your senses and your ability to evaluate reality visually, 
by smell, touch, all the things like touching genitalia, down to touching genitalia, <laughs> you know, whatever. Not that people do that in regular greeting. I don't, I don't shake dicks as to, to say hi to people, um, but who knows what the future may hold. Um, it's, it's like crocodile dundee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, special handshake. Um, oh, I went prurient. Uh, but yeah, but you know, it's, it's that. Good look up that reference. Just, yeah. You know, just but it, yeah, but it's, con no, but it's a constant tension in that way for everyone. So that's the interesting thing when you started bringing up majority and minority, then if you cause that tension of like, oh no, do I have to lie to the majority in order to protect the, oh no, do I have to lie of the minority? Then that pragmatically is a terrible decision. That's a, that's a pragmatically, that's like, that's, that, it's an easy decision to not, you would never do that. But I don't think pragmatism is the way in which we proceed ethically, right? And nor does, nor does any religion. Um, so that's, that's where this becomes a, like a real, an interesting, I think it's why pronouns are such a, a good tension point that, so I'm glad you brought them up. Yeah, a couple of things come up. One is, I'll admit, like it is easier for me. Yeah. Uh, the binary is easier. And then, and then I think this is a, a kind of a ongoing discussion you and I are having just about yeah. that, the, the nature of, I don't know, biological reality and perception and identity and all these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's easier for me actually when when a trans person is moving to the other side of the binary. So I now am you know interacting very regularly with a trans woman. Yeah, I've I've never misgendered her because I, I like she presents as a woman. Like that's that's so you know like I don't know in a way that simplifies it. Because it's kind of like, oh, you're 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 at, you're adding all these cues that make it simpler for me. Because when I see you, I think to your point, like when I see you, your my brain is like you know filing you in the in the woman category already. So oh, I don't think I have to do all this extra work to remember that you want to be referred to as a she, because that just feels natural. Um, oh, much harder for me is is the they is the non-binary like the space in in between or the undefined yeah. space. I'm getting better at it and I, I'm not alone. Like this is, I, I know a lot of people who struggle the most with this. I, I mean, first of all, just the grammar part, which I got over pretty quickly, but I'm, you know, for better or worse, I can be a grammar snob. So just the pluralization of the pronoun is- was Yeah, that can be just tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds, it just always sounds awkward. It's it not sounded awkward. I, I've gotten used to it though. It is possible to get used to it. And yeah. it's even funny all the way down to, um, <laughs> I mean, this this stuff goes really far out, like like thinking about the gender expression of our pets or even like a bug that we meet. Um, mm. I was talking to one of my guys in one of my men's group about that. And it was like, you know, he was telling, talking to this, uh, to his kid about this bug. And then I was, I think I was like sort of making a joke, just like, oh, well, what gender was the bug? He was like, well, we just called it a they, you know, because we didn't really know. And, and yeah, you know, I kind of accept that and, and I, I'm, weaving even that in like with my pets and being like well she was biologically assigned female so i call her that but of course she, she doesn't speak english so i can't really ask her and you know which you might think is a total joke like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> well, it, well it is funny yeah i mean it is i mean I, as any i think anyone practicing it knows it seems funny you know what i mean yeah like it's um, because again that like we talked about like the gender like in order to for pronouns to make sense, you have to then go into the theory, gender theory, which is relatively recent, and then say that gender and sex are separate. And so when we say pronouns here in this space, we mean as refers to gender, which we consider a separate concept from 
Like there's a lot of religious underpinnings. Like in some ways, pronouns, doing it early seems crazy to me. Because that's like, listen, I put on my signature on my Twitter and people do the same thing they do to pronouns. They see Christ, they see what I write, bond slave of Christ. I wouldn't tell people to like, in Christianity, be like, oh, you say your name, then you say bond slave of Christ. People would be like, slave? What? what? Slave? Dude, that is, you You don't lead with that because it's, it's complicated, man. So you like, or it's not nuanced. It just takes some explanation. You know what I mean? So pronouns take an enormous amount of explanation. And, and then argument too. So it's like, we're basing this on this thing and this theory, but the, the problem, and, but listen, it's, it's also very effective religiously because you're saying you're breaking the thing. It's literally like having someone uh, stand up and be like an, an, an alcohol, like an Alcoholics Anonymous, here's my name and I'm an alcoholic. Or if you had people in Christianity stand up, go, hi, my name is Brendan and I'm a sinner. You know what I mean? Right. So essentially that's what pronouns do. They then go, they sort of like state out loud, a whole bunch of presuppositions, you know what I mean? Which is, I think where it runs into trouble with the, with the sort of general population, which is why the general population is like, that's so, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to have to agree to, to get to that point. You know what I mean? Which you've already agreed to, you know what I mean? You've already looked at and researched and be like, oh, okay, I find this argument convincing. I found the theory convincing and therefore, and so does this person I'm talking to, in which case, why wouldn't you then interchange in that way. And it makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Within the paradigm of, let's say you talking to this person you were just saying you interact with, um, then it would make perfect sense. Like it wouldn't be like, that's not funny or weird. You know what I mean? Because you've both kind of agreed to this language, essentially. You're a tribe of two uh, in those moments, you know? Yeah, and th there's, I'm gonna loop back to something in there in a second, but you know, yeah. the theoretical value of, of normalizing pronoun usage is to, make it easier for someone who who perhaps has a pronoun that doesn't seem to match up with their the way we that the most people perceive them or, or traditional sort of gender cues visual gender cues i don't know if it um, does that though right because if you like if everyone's present like if most people and that will be the case statistically the majority of people are going to say pronouns that do match there so in some ways it actually makes it more weird because if you say male and then there's a woman who says woman and then there's someone who I perceive as a woman who says male, that's actually when I'm gonna go, that's the one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. So in some ways it actually makes it, I think, but this is me as an outsider. You know what I'm saying? For me as an outsider, all I see is same, 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 or like matchy, 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 different. And this is how we learn generally, right? Pattern matching is something that like three-year-olds three -year and four-year-olds get into to be like, oh, blue goes with blue or green goes with green or this, the top of the top comes here and the bottom of the top connects you know we just look at things to to synergize you know um but in but internally it may function very differently yeah and and the best cue i have is that it my perception is that in most of these groups that are that are diverse uh the people i see wanting to use pronouns the most are those that you know are are probably using something that doesn't seem to match uh their yeah what what a lot of us would regard as their their visual identity yeah. um the perceived visual identity so so you know i'm just going to pick up that cue and be like well okay then that it seems valuable to them so let's keep doing it the the thing you said though that's really interesting to me is um is the relational piece i mean at the end of the day this feels like a shortcut uh in addition to some of the things i've said like about making them feel more included or or more safe or just less triggered or traumatized yeah. is um is the relational piece and it is mm -hmm. a shortcut for that uh mm -hmm. 
that doesn't remotely tell the story of who of who they are <laughs> or or how they transitioned or I mean, yeah. I mean you know you know none of none of that it would be pretty dangerous and and offensive to assume any of that oh for sure um, and, and so one thing I, I I resonate with what you're saying I think is about well at the end of the day it's about really developing a relationship and understanding how people want to be addressed so that I I put it there's there's kind of this analysis of like just language and grammar and all of that um, yeah yeah and then there's just a big category of how the hell does anybody want to be addressed I mean that's yeah. all that I I think I think of it more in that term of associating even more with almost like a nickname like oh do mm -hmm. you prefer John or Jonathan yeah for me Andy and Andrew um so and and this relates a bit to the to the Jordan Peterson you know I think became uh infamous around his his controversy related to this exact concept and the whole compelled speech business um yeah. and and I think where I got tangled in that was well I I can accept that it's like I can accept that like like let's not force somebody to call us by a pronoun sure. um but I but I also believe that somebody shouldn't continue to call us by the wrong pronoun somebody somebody shouldn't continue to address me in a way that I don't want to be addressed Mm -hmm. in, in, in any way across any piece of language name oh, pronoun otherwise and so it's like okay if you don't want to use the pronoun then then just call somebody by their name mm -hmm. similarly be like you know and teachers do this all the time right like what yeah what do you what do you want to be called um yeah so, yeah so to me and i don't want to go down the jordan peterson rabbit hole uh we we touch on it here and there <laughs> but it's yeah 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 like the ultimate third rail uh but yeah, like to me that that's that's the thing that to me is important relationally is just yeah. knowing somebody enough to know how they want to be addressed and then respecting that. Yeah. And then well, but I think that this is the because I'm not like that. So then like I've known people who've changed their names or whatever, like legally, and that's what they go by. And everyone they meet after they say that and that's their name. And I don't call them by those names. Like I have a friend who changed her name from Lisa to Nova. I don't even know if people call her Nova. I just call her Lisa because that's how I was introduced to her. I know somebody else whose name was Steve Weagel. He changed his name to Nick Dorr. And then it's funny, like my, my, I remember at some point he corrected my dad. He was like, he was like, Steve, how are you doing? He's like, it's, it's Nick. It's, it's Nick. He was like, oh yeah. Eh, eh. I mean, and then it's up to you. Like there's no, there's no essential rudeness in that. Cause it's just like, if I change my name, it's up to you, whether you want to call me by my new name or not. I mean, I, I and again, I, I don't, presuppose any control over you and maybe i could get mad about it but that doesn't really make any ding dang sense you know what i mean because it's not if i rely on you to validate my reality then it's not real really you know what i mean then it's so so i think that's the hard thing is like like with a pronoun and this is like this is the i mean i think we're we're getting to the thing where like this is i think this is so intensely religious because it is like it's a faith leap a that it'll be helpful and it's a faith leap to say that it's worthy because like if i say and this i know people use these like silly examples all the time but there's they're actually less silly than talking about fundamental categories because we're biological like dimorphic species right so we are male and female and that's how we re reproduce and and so it, it is essential uh, like there and people say you know gender essentialism is that like isn't that what the term's called when you you continue to link you haven't unlinked 
uh, as people did in the whatever late 2000s, uh, gender and 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 uh, biological sex. So sort of assuming that like conservative, you haven't you haven't changed with this particular movement. Then, if I said, for example, I was like, oh, I need you to address me as master or uh, black man or whatever. So like, just use my name, just call me black man. And then, but you'd be like, well, but you're not a black man. Yeah, yeah, but just call me black man. What's your name though? Brendan McNamara, but I want you to refer to my pronouns are black man and black women or whatever, right? So that's plural, you you womanize me, just, just as an example. And that's, let's say, that's how I like, that's how I identify. I think black lesbian is how I've identified in the past. But so I, w- I mean that sincerely, whatever I said that throughout college or whatever. And that's it's something I was like, oh, I kind of like something I was playing around with, I think for in late teens, 20s. This is the hard thing though, is then, is it, do, do you, you're stuck in a quandary, right? When someone says that, who you love or just it's a stranger who you're trying to love because that's the impetus, right? I think for both of us, how do I love this person? Mm-hmm. How do I love this person who says this thing? And if I can't perceive it as reality, then I can't lovingly say it. You know what I mean? And then, or I then have to police, I do have to police. I have to kind of police my own language. I literally have to alter how I speak overall to not use pronouns in the way that I speak about this one person. So then do then I cease using pronouns in general when I speak about any people? So you're asking me to rearrange, and I'm a reader too. So you're asking me to rearrange the entire English language and how I speak in order to keep you comfortable. And that to me seems colonial, right? Because colonization generally is a small group of people coming in and saying that the, the everyone else there has to start doing things differently, right? This is missionary work, right? Two people come into a village. The village is filled with 400 people. And they say, well, no, this is the truth. You know, and they don't demand it. They don't say, well, yes, you, God is your father. And if you don't say that, we're gonna yell at you or whatever, that would be bad missionary work. But you would over time try to convince them and teach them about it and then see what God does about that. But if you, this, this is, I think the thing, it's, it, this is where I'm gonna get back to colonialism. The sort of any, any demand, even on an individual level is, a form of colonialism, right? If you take the minority and then try to impose the minority position on the majority, and if they don't do it, you punish them to some degree, which happens in woke and has happened absolutely in the history of every religion, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, like every every single religion has persecuted, <laughs> you know, has persecuted those both in the minority and the majority. So that's the interesting thing. Like it's a form of colonialism to then demand that your reality or the reality of a smaller a smaller group than the larger group kowtow to you and start using your language that's like when the british came in and they stopped let you know 200 british soldiers comes into an part of ireland with fifty thousand irish people and they're just like yeah you can't don't speak that language anymore you have to speak our language you can't speak irish and so i think that's a lot of the resistance too which is like you're trying to call like i I feel as though i'm trying someone's trying to colonize me when I'm like, that's not how it is. That's not how we do it. That's not how the Irish do it. So why do I have, like, why would I ever have to do it? How you do it? You're like, well, that's what we do in England. So if you don't do it like an English person to me, then ultimately, this is cool too, because this happens in uh, both like bad missionary work and colonialism. The, 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 the impression is if you don't do this, you're a bad person. You're an uncivilized race. So for example, if I don't call someone who I, and again, markers are sort of helpful, but especially when you're in person, it's way harder because you can smell the difference between a man and a woman. You can, you can 
we have senses beyond sense to figure out who's a man or a woman. So that's why when people say, say a pronoun that's different than I can perceive, I get locked because I was like, wait a second, are you wrong or am I wrong? We're not both right. Like it's not, I like guess, you know what I mean? Like either my, my senses are wrong or your senses are wrong. And I don't know. And I'm going to default to me, which is probably arrogant, but that's just, I think how human beings work or how I work, which is like, if I don't know, I'm going to go ahead and assume I'm right. Cause that's how I've kept myself alive <laughs> till the age of 44. But yeah, just the, I don't know. I think that's interesting. I think, I think it's, this is, this is why the resistance to it. And this is why I think it can be harmful in the colonial bad missionary cultish way. And pronouns, I think, are a good example of it. That could be like, but at the same time, like I said, I, I say all that, and I know some people are like, "F you, you're the colonizer," and then here we are calling each other names. But and I just straw man that. But but at the same time, I fully recognize, and that's why I said out loud previously, and I'll re re repeat it now, so people who are listening don't get super irritated. Uh, that on a one-to-one -one basis, I also completely understand the paradigm with which you spoke to someone else, and we're like. Oh, I didn't perceive that, but you told me it's that. Here, let's just do that. Let's just Congress that. Just like I think though, when some missionaries come in or the English came in, some people were eager to please the English. They were like, oh, look how civilized these English are. Look at, the, look at how they make tea. We make tea in a big bucket. That's crazy. And then the tea that gets cold, they make tea and pour it into a little thing. Maybe you immediately are like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do tea like the English do. Anyways. Um, it's a yes and concept. It's really a, a an improv thing, right? Like yeah, oh, yeah. I'm gonna pick pick up yeah. And pick up that that way. Yeah. And colonial to... and colonialism, if everyone just yes ended, would have always worked because they, you know, the the colonizer makes the initiation, and it's really only when resistance is met and people go, mm, we don't like that. That's when they go, oh well, if you don't like that, we kill you and all your children. <laughs> well, this I, I actually looked up this. Because um, I mentioned this earlier, and I, I'm not sure I totally did it justice, but this definition of coloniality from the book Hospice mm -hmm. Modernity by uh, Vanessa Mercado de uh, Oliveira, and I hope that's close, and actually I want to tag name pronunciation in a second. Um, and I don't know that this is an exact quote, but it's pretty close from some notes uh, in a book group I'm in. Modernity is interchangeable with coloniality. This term reminds us that the benefits of modernity are created and maintained by inherently violent and unsustainable practices. Modernity cannot exist without expropriation, extraction, exploitation, militarization, dispossession, destitution, genocide, and ecocide. Conquest is the driving force of modernity, just like colonialism. And, and one thing when you were talking, I was like, oh, this this reminds me a little bit of our anti-racist discussion, because it's like, mm. when is the, a lot of that for you was like, well, yeah, but it seems like the opposing force or the revolutionary force is the same thing in reverse. And I think that's yeah. a similar pattern here that we're questioning yeah. is like, yeah, okay, but, it, you know, is this moving us forward? Is this helping people express themselves or emerge or? Yeah or all of us learn how to love each other. I love that part of what you brought in. I, I think that that could be hell. That could be just the theme for, for all of this. Um, that's basically. it, that's it. And that's what I hope, that's what I would commend everyone to be trying to do. How do I best love this person should be the, should be the first flipping. And that's the question I get caught up at a flipping grocery store line. <laughs> Wait, how do I best love this person? I don't know. Uh, and that's hard. I mean, that's not an easy thing to solve always, you know? So I think the, the and I don't want to like, 
speak too much from a book I'm just starting, <laughs> but, yeah, but it matches yeah. with a lot of, I think, why I, why I tend to grab onto these newer concepts is just, I think there's so much that's dysfunctional about the way we function as a, as a, yeah, yeah. Certainly a Western civilization. Um, I know some people want to cancel that phrase, but I'm not sure about that yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we talk about this. I'm like, well, the motherland's in the middle. Africa's in the middle. <laughs> and then yeah, it's east yeah. west. Yeah, I know yeah, it's a globe. So. I get it. I know it's a globe. I know east goes around the globe. I, but anyway, yeah. separate yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but this thing of like, well, something, something massive has to change here. I mean, just, just yeah. look at the way we use plastic. I don't know, something very tangible like that, right? It's just yeah. horrific. And, you know, it's like, like to me like let's 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 stick a uh, <laughs> put a stick in any piece of this system and try to crack it open because something really massive has to shift and if it doesn't i think we we both are chatting quite a bit about what's emerging yeah, for a while now but it's becoming maybe a a, a rumble is heading into a roar around civil war right <laughs> like that doesn't yeah. seem that far out yeah we're at the halfway point right we're at the i think we're right before the tipping point of where more than half the country thinks we're heading towards civil war i think it's like 46 percent, some like gallup poll or whatever maybe not gallup but i've been reading gallup polls this week so i just think everything's a gallup poll but whatever there was like a, a massive poll done uh as was reported in the news although it, it, always interesting to see who reports that but um because I think many news organizations are part and parcel to like fomenting that because the more you can foment that, uh, the more you can sell papers and clicks and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the thing is trying to, uh, I think woke is a new religion. It's a revolutionary sect. Um, but as with any revolutionary sect, you're always trying to identify, are these people as bad or worse than the people they're trying to supplant, you know? And I don't think, like I think colonialism essentially or or domination is literally how human beings work. So I don't think, I, I, maybe I'm just, maybe that's, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, too too uh, cynical or whatever. But I was like, oh, that'll never change. And this is, this makes sense for critical race theory too. This will never change by like incremental legal uh, battles. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And it won't change by any sort of like changing systems. You know what I mean? So then you can't just like change policy. Policy is not going to change this. Policy isn't going to change who people are. Um, any language, I mean, I love language, man. And I think language is really powerful, but I was like, I don't think language is going to change that fundamental a nature of people because people groups internally, even without all the isms that we have, have always done this. They've always dominated. You know what I mean? The, like, you know, Chinese people dominated other Chinese people, white people dominated other white people. Like, I, obviously, I grew, up, I grew up Irish. So to me, if you looked at Irish and English people, other than the lip shape or whatever, and they're on separate islands, so they do have distinct visual features. Um, that was people who looked from a distance. I don't know why those people are trying to kill each other. And one was very specifically trying to dominate the other. So we know in our, in our culture, you know, it can play out maybe in ways that are, are resemble intersectional thought. But like, we can't. You're know, like, that's, th again, this is, but of course I'm a Christian though, right? Where, so then the, the change much must be internal and eternal. So then, and it's, and it can't come from you. Like I can't make it happen. I can't do a bunch of things. I can't make the magic spell. I can't say the right words to then make it happen. And I can't, and I can't transform society at all, really in and of myself, other than out of my individual behavior and maybe the problem is, is if I can just say things and convince other people, this is the constant war with like evangelicalism in general. 
I, my saying things is not going to change anyone's mind. I've ceased to believe in the Aaron Sorkin uh, worldview that the mm. big that a big speech is going to change people's minds. I don't. Maybe it used to be possible too. It may, maybe it's just changed over time. Like four score and seven years ago, maybe convinced a ton of people when people were receiving that way. But information comes in too many conduits now, and so it might just not be possible to change people's uh, minds via speech, except those whose minds are able to be changed by a speech, which means those people whose minds are able to be changed by speech will simply have their minds changed again by the next convincing speech that they hear. And that's not going, that's not a sustainable system of change at all. You know what I mean? Without again, the force. And that's what I see woke already using and it's a brand new religion. They're already using force in terms of castigation, uh, like excommunication, and they even use it against people who aren't within, you know what I mean? Like we saw in the Senate hearing, literally like accuse someone essentially of hate and of hate and of being essentially, I think transphobic for most people, it's like, it just means bad person because <laughs> it doesn't mean an irrational fear of trans people. That's just not like, I, I don't know anybody who's irrationally afraid of trans people, um, but maybe they exist. I'm sure, I'm, listen, I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm sure there's someone out there who's literally trembling hearing, even as hearing me mention it. But since the revolution is already using that level of attack in ways that I don't find sustainable, because I'm a Malcolm X fan, right? I was not an MLK fan. I was a Malcolm X fan. And he was like, if you come for me, if you come for my family with guns, we will have guns and we will use those guns. And I was like, heck yeah. I was a John Brown fan. John Brown was like, they're enslaved down there. Me and my crazy troop of, of white sons are going to go and free slaves. I was like, heck yeah. You know what I mean? Because I can see the harm, but I think since a lot of the harms we're talking about are theoretical that we can see the manifestations of, you know what I mean? It's like we can see the tops of the waves so we know the currents may exist. Um, but since the harm isn't there, like I don't think of language as harm um, or violence or whatever. But if you can classify words as violence, then you can say, look at all this violence that's going on. So it is like slavery. So it is like the Holocaust. So it is like these things that we know, or, you know, what Malcolm X fought against when people were being like literally physically moved and beaten and hung. And you know what I mean? You're like, oh, okay, well that's, and, but also the pragmatic, do you wait until that happens? But anyway, so I was like, so, so woke anyway, just seems more, um, more angry and attacking. They're like, a re I think woke is trying to be a revolutionary force. And I think sometimes it's funny because people in the woke thing don't recognize that. And I think that's, we, sh they, we should go ahead and notice that. That it's like, no, 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 you're trying to break things. You're trying to smash. I mean, listen, some people have come out and say, smash the patriarchy or whatever, right? That's, that's, no, they yeah, nobody, Nobody's shy about that in my circles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, but, but externally, I think people are just like, they, when I interact with people, they they just simply respond to with incredulity that I wouldn't simply agree with them, that I wouldn't just do think like they think, do do how they do, say what they say, and that part I'm just like that's that doesn't that doesn't just even make any interpersonal sense. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, like, you I, I, have to convince me of everything. And that yeah, I'm 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 with that. Like the, the yeah, idea yeah. that we're just going to assume that all of humanity should just shift overnight just because you know a, a you know, some, a group figured out that this, let's even assume it's a better way of being. Yeah. Like, no, like behavioral change. <laughs> it's just, doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. yeah. You can't assume it will. I don't think that's, that's going to get us where we need to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that book, the dawn of everything, you know, he, the, a lot of the point of that, uh, the author's 
look at all these different egalitarian societies over time and it's or cultures and it's um it's not even like part of their point is that even the idea of labeling an entire culture or time period as as one thing is part of what's wrong with how we look at history sure yeah um, and, and what was fascinating was the the you know quote unquote egalitarian cultures they weren't even that way all the time what yeah. what seemed to be the most valuable was that they were able to shift between mm -hmm. say hierarchy yeah and, and even dominance to egalitarianism based on the need so yeah. so like it's yeah. it's harvest season like that's there are you know you know and this i've studied this pretty deeply in, in you know kind of the corporate realm of like hierarchy and, and collaborative systems oh yeah and the reality is there are use cases for hierarchy there are times when hierarchy is good sure uh, or efficient and that is that can be good depending on the need such as harvesting food or yeah uh, at the extreme end of that would be a military incursion or maybe something in the middle would be like an operating room where yeah you well better know that the surgeon is in charge when you know, it's yeah. a life and death situation and you have you know seconds not not hours um and in 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 a lot of other cases when we're talking about decision making that's going to last years like okay that's that's i think when we need to be more collaborative but the key there is can we build an overall more collaborative or dare i say democratic system yeah. that can still um have hierarchies exist at certain times for the right reasons and then and then even rotate the leadership one of the ways they said a lot of those mm. cultures worked was they they just knew they knew the dangers of it which I think we're yeah. embroiled in now because we're yeah. blind to the dangers or we don't like to talk about the dangers or or it just gets drowned out because there's so many we're just discussing things in every direction so many but dangers think, yeah but there seemed to be something in, inherent within their understanding of like oh well that yeah we're this person's going to be in charge of, of the harvest this season and it's going to be somebody different next season so there's yeah. it seems like so in a way yes I I do think dominance is a is an inherent uh danger that humans go into if 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 we just accept hierarchy and there's just one person in charge well we see what that's happening and then it's arguably we're actually leaning more towards authoritarianism i think you were even pulling some research about that yeah um, but we are but back then it was, in these specific examples it was like they understood that and, a, and it'd be a rotational you know leadership and i've experienced yeah. this in kind of a micro way like even in my men's group it's like somebody different leads it every time and I, yeah, it's yeah. extraordinarily healthy like like as a as a little culture within our little container yeah it feels really tight it feels really accountable and when it's been helpful for me actually as somebody who i've been in a leadership position you know for a lot you know most of my career but i've also sort of shy about totally taking the reins and, and I think that's a danger spot, this weird middle ground of like, we say we're not a hierarchy, but we're still really functioning that way because sure. we've all grown up in hierarchies, we, whether our families or schools or work or, you know, so it's just in us deeply. So that's something I challenge even in some of the, you know, like mutual aid communities I'm in where we just sort of announce one day that we're a flat, you know, horizontal system. But we've not actually built any structure or accountability or or necessarily yeah. rules for that. And a lot of people probably haven't done a lot of deep kind of untangling of of, of the shadow that all of us bring related to um, hierarchy. So anyway, that's going to spiral off into the whole thing and I could define shadow another time. I do want to say one thing, though. Yeah, yeah. We we are 
we are we are canceling the word crazy. I've heard you use it a couple times, and I just oh, yeah. you know, as a representative of the woke religion, we're the, we're not supposed to say that. Oh, now. we're canceling crazy. Oh, I love crazy. It's one of my favorite. I mean, it's my, one of my favorite CeeLo uh, songs ever. I mean, that Noah's Barkley song, crazy, so good. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, and they they covered it in the new Moulin Rouge musical. It's an excellent. Yeah. Version. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you can just you know you can just do the woke thing and just add a add a uh, letter to it. You know, just call it K, crazy with a K or whatever, or crazy X, whatever. You can just have it. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with K woke, quoke. K woke, quoke, quoke. Um, well, it's interesting. This is it, and this comes up in the, in the Christian, like, high, quote unquote, hierarchy. Is this interest, and I don't buy it because I've never bought it my whole life. So no one's ever convinced me of it um, yet, but maybe it can happen today. Uh, leadership doesn't equal power, as far as I'm concerned. Like hierarchy, whoever's on the top doesn't have more power. Like the president doesn't have more power than me until he has violence to to like make it make it powerful. Every every piece of power that the president has is fiat, other than violence. So power doesn't exist outside of the capacity for violence, as far as I'm concerned. This is, and again, I felt this way my whole pretty much by third grade, I'd say third or fourth grade. I was like, wait, the teacher's not in charge in the classroom. I'm as in charge as they are. They're just seizing that control. So there's no power. Like if someone leads the harvest, that doesn't make them powerful. That we had just, I just had this conversation about medical gaslighting with a couple of friends. It was like, doctors aren't don't have power. They don't have any power we don't give them. So it's not real. It's not real. It's fiat currency. So there's no, uh, say, they, again, this is how we can get into this intersectionality conversation. I was like, I don't have any power except the power that, you give me. That's not real power. You know what I mean? That's not. That's not real until it's until it's adjudicated with force. Like force is to me the only like power I really recognize as like oh, okay. That's because then it's irresistible. In which case, okay, I have been overpowered. I'm not overpowered. Or logic. Logic has power. God's law has power. Like, and this is the same thing with like if you're trying to figure out a flat hierarchy, right? Um, that's not shifting the power dynamics. The power dynamics are exactly the same if the one same person leads every week. Any, any power that's given is, is freely given away. If you submit to authority, you're freely giving your power away. So no one took it. You can only take, as far as I'm concerned, you can only take things by force. And I've been, I've been to schools that had spanks or whatever. That was really the only power they have. My, my daughter's a different child. She is like really concerned about being sent to the principal's office. She thinks getting in trouble is bad. I don't think that. I, since third grade, I've not thought that. That's not, that's not real. And I've not been convinced otherwise. It's not real. It, I mean, and it just literally isn't, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's given. So you gave them that power. Just take the power back. Well, then they get really, really mad. So what? Then they yell at me. They'll make me leave the school. How are they going to make you exactly? Unless they physically remove you, they can't make you leave the school. They have to physically lock you out. They have to do a thing. That's the only time that power really exists. So this is why any power to ever be accepted, like that's why violence exists ultimately. It's, that's it. It's force. You know what I mean? So this is, that, that's what's fascinating to me is like, because I think that's another thing. I think that's part of the woke dynamic though, is this constant thing of like, you have more power. And I was just like, I don't, again, this is another thing. This is why sometimes all these conversations are, we have to have multiple hour conversations about them because they're, that's a huge theory to say that people have more power. Like a doctor, when you go into a doctor's office, well, they have all the power in that situation. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't have any more power than you at all. Like, it's just not true, you know? Yeah, no, 
couple things and I know we need to come in for landing. Yeah. I, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, what you just demonstrated was a coaching exercise I learned called the worst case scenario exercise, which you literally just keep asking, and then what would happen? And then what would happen? Yeah. And then, you know, uh, so yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, and I, yeah. I think at some point, power versus force, I know is a whole pretty, uh, a body of work that I haven't gone super deep into and I'm curious about. Yeah. Um, and, and actually just reminded me, one of my mentors, you know, in exploring just, you know, deeper consciousness and these binary structures, and I don't just mean gender, just generally the way we hold binaries in our mind, yeah. you know, talking about this, this phrase, like speak truth to power. There's a lot of <laughs> words are powerful. I think we both agree with that. Yeah. And in that construct, it's giving away all the power. It's, it's actually saying in this moment, I have no power. Yeah. Uh, that I'm because it's saying if I'm speaking truth to power, you know, it's not like saying, I don't know. Anyway, so that's that's something we can unpack. Um, one thing I wanted to get yeah. uh, just tag maybe briefly is just name yeah. pronunciation because oh, I, yeah. I would come back to that. And, you know, one thing I notice is it bugs me when people like say a name and, and I'm I only speak one language. I'm very, you know, Anglo in that way. And I know that's yeah. not exactly the right terminology, but uh you know, Eurocentric. And so certain names are just familiar, the colonial names, the English names. Um, and then anything outside of that paradigm is, is I'm going to struggle more with. But what I notice is um, a lot of folks that will, will try to pronounce a name and they'll be like, did I get that right? Mm. I, and I feel like it's much better to just ask, <laughs> you know, if, it's, yeah. if it seems like a risk, like yeah. just be like, hey, how do you pronounce your name? Because why, why like take the risk of totally butchering somebody's name, which yeah. you know, probably is at least annoying, if not offensive to them. <laughs> like, yeah. Then just ask, right? And I just think that to me relates to a kind of maturity that I know I've been working on a lot in the last several years, which, because it's it's more vulnerable to ask. It's, I think it's yeah. it's vulnerable to ask for help. It's vulnerable to admit what we don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I see you doing that in a way uh, quite openly. Like, I think that's a lot of the way you operate is you're actually always interrogating these things and always asking these questions. Yeah, I do understand why maybe sometimes people receive the way you do that as, um, as being right or or I don't know forceful or something like that. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I receive it as like a genuine curiosity. That's what's brought us together here, right? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I wanted to tag that last little piece. Yeah. Maybe the final word to tag onto the tag. Just uh, that's an interesting thing. It's come up a lot this week. So. Uh, I think a lot of people have a different definition of seeking understanding, the quote, the phrase seeking understanding than I do. And this is why I keep running into problems. Um, seeking understanding is not like sitting in circle without crosstalk. I was like, that's that I don't understand that way. I just literally don't learn that way. I've never learned that way. Um, it, it, it's not enough, man. It doesn't give me everything that my, my brain requires to understand. So for me to understand means to like, yes, have you share completely why you think the way you think, and then I'll share why the way I think. And then I'll have to figure out what's correct. So if someone says to me, and again, I live with someone who doesn't say her name correctly off, often, right? So Arti is not how, like Arti is kind of more how you say it. That's not how she tells people to say it, but they'll say. So then when she says it, right? People mispronounce her name all the time. People have called me the wrong name most of my life. I, I don't care. I, I like those opportunities because to me, the default polite thing to do is, oh, I don't care. How do you pronounce your name? Whatever. Whatever, dude. So I think that's one of the things too, is also being raised in that 
system. And then people are like, no, no, there's a specific way. And if you don't do it, that makes me mad. I don't get that. My name has been mispronounced my whole life. People would call me Brandon most of my life. I, who cares? Again, they don't have any power of it. It doesn't change my name. You know what I mean? So then, uh, but to me, understanding is then who's, are we correct? Like who's correct here? We have to, we have to determine that. And that, that is, and if you don't have that, then I don't think you're even really pursuing understanding. You're just pursuing information. That's just knowledge. But like, how do you apply that knowledge? And is that knowledge accurate is, um, is the next thing. So I think that's what we're constantly exploring here. So we can use perspective and be like, oh, does that make sense? What makes sense? What makes sense? But using all of that, using all the understanding and knowledge we've put forth, how are we going to answer this question? Uh, I think I've even said it a couple of times on this, on this yeah. particular episode. I, yeah. I am a member of the woke religion. So there you go. Interesting. You guys, Which implicitly means, yes, it's a religion. <laughs> for, for you, right? Yeah. For you, at least on an individual basis. So we've got one, we've got one. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think it is enormously, enormously, I'm still not hundred percent convinced, but I think my, my answer is default. Yes. Um, so well, I don't, I'm in like a 75, I'm in a 75% heck yeah. It is absolutely religion. It might be a cult. It might even be colonialism. Um, you know what I mean? But like, but well, I don't. I, I, I have. Yeah. I have. I have soft space. I have soft space because I don't. I haven't. I haven't checked enough boxes. I've checked like fifteen boxes, but I, I want to check more. You know, this because I'm a comprehensive person. Again, this is why even a pronoun is a is a difficult issue. Yeah, There's I don't. Of, in fairness, I don't know that it's actually organized well enough to be religion, which is actually partially intentional. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned cult because I, I had meant to want to weave in a definition uh, from oh, that yeah, yeah. from that same mentor. <laughs> I love yeah. this. It's like the way you know something is a cult is is see how they treat you when you try to leave. Oh yeah. And that that's really stuck with me. Like you know, is is it because there's a, a a lack of respect for autonomy for gonna like and it goes back to cancel culture and ostracizing people kicking it out of the tribe and that's i think part of our deepest fear sure that's a survival thing <laughs> yeah out of the tribe so. real quickly though i mean this is i guess how christianity isn't a cult because christianity it is so much easier i gotta tell you within christianity when someone leaves christianity it's you have you just have an entirely different operating system and how you deal with them but the the deal like how you deal with people who are who say they're christians you have an entirely different like in some ways harder, like a much harder way that you deal with those people than you deal mm -hmm. with people who are, if you leave Christianity or outside Christianity, it's in, in actually in many ways, I would say even it is gentler. It is a gentler thing. So you treat people who leave superficially almost in a way, quote unquote, better. I would say less loving maybe in the, in the, in the grandest, in the most rigorous sense, but, um, but gentler, which is maybe, I guess, why people like there are cults that come out of Christianity for sure. Like Jim Jones or whatever was like a Christian Christian cult. Um, but wait, how does it, just briefly, how does that go? How does, how, does, how does that go in your world? Like when people sort of depart from the, 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 the I say it sarcastically, like depart from the faith. Uh, yeah, good question. For me, I think it's actually more theoretical. I don't know how often I actually see people being treated badly when they leave something. I mean, I've certainly left some things and felt unappreciated or maybe never mentioned again, but that's pretty neutral in reality. You mean, what do you mean think, when you say leave thing? Like uh, leave, leave a group of people or, or like I was on a board of directors or I don't know, it's just yeah. 
I'm just oh, thinking but, groups yeah. I've been involved with that I've that where I've left and like how was I treated? That's I'm just taking, making it very personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, so to me, that what it's speaking to is is not the neutral version of that, but the the violent version of that, which is like, oh, we're gonna go out of our way to ostracize them. We're gonna go out of our way to maybe to like gossip and and tear apart their reputation, um, so they can't interact with this group or other groups in the future, or you know, that's yeah, gonna yeah. Under, undermine their their resources in the world um, or their ability to belong or you know, find work or socialize or, you know, all kinds of things. So yeah, so or, or, I, or I, yeah, browbeat them or what, even even the trying to keep them from leaving too, I guess would sort of be part of it. Well, I think that's exactly it. It's it's the fear of being treated like that that gets people, that forces people, not forces, but encourages them strongly to stay in the cult because they know if they leave, you know, maybe they've seen that happen to other people. They're like, oh, damn, sure. I, better stay, I better stay in this cult or else, you know, that's going to happen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then is there a version of, because you're in it, right? You're in a bunch of groups, right? And so I don't know, each group would be kind of the equivalent maybe of a of a home group in Christianity. I'm trying to like just do a, to like a correlation to my own religious uh, uh, scheduling. <laughs> or then, and then like, I don't know, when I was on the Joe Rogan thing, someone was like DEI conferences or like church, like big church gatherings, or that would be more like a church conference. But maybe the lot bigger groups you're in would be more like churches. But then like, does do you know anybody? And this is interesting too. Be like nobody leaves. Nobody leaves the religion. Um, or if it's like Judaism, you can't. You literally can't leave. You're still a Jew, uh, even if you don't practice or whatever. You know, I don't know. Um, like, do you know anybody who has left? Like, who has literally like sort of abandoned the ethos? Like that happens in Christianity. People like put videos up and they're like, I no longer identify as a Christian. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm no longer part of the church, visible or invisible. You know, like people like people who leave and then how do people sure. snipe, it, snipe it up? Like, does that happen at all? Well, I mean, a month ago I was at this restorative justice conference, and uh, one of the keynotes was a preacher. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know that that, that felt religiousy. Um, and, yeah, yeah. You know, we I was involved with this film company, One Thirty Seven Films, and yeah, another one of our college roommates was as well. Um, and the last film we did was about young Earth creationists in the in the Creation Museum in Kentucky. And we interviewed somebody who had left that religion, and that was, yeah. you know, pretty fascinating. Just to just to kind of see his his story and see him kind of unpacking, like, you know, which he considered to be a kind of indoctrination of, of uh, what 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 he was learning. Um, yeah, I'm reminded of that, which is on film. <laughs> Go check it out. It's called uh, "We Believe in Dinosaurs." Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't actually think I. I have seen it as much personally, or you know. I mean, I think it's actually one of the virtuous things about how these mutual aid communities are essentially organized as as anarchist networks, um, because I I have I have floated between some of the different you know branches or like spokes of that network, yeah. and you know, in that way, I I haven't. I've wondered, I've kind of wondered, oh, gee, do those people think I abandoned them or, or whatever, but it's not like anybody came to me and said, hey, like, they didn't even ask a question, why did you leave? Or, or that's, yeah. you know, I think we actually hold to that part of the ethos pretty, pretty well, at, at least in this yeah. mutual aid network in Chicago, I, I, where people float between different parts of it and yeah, pretty fluidly. I, I think that's actually pretty healthy. So yeah, I mean, as I'm yeah. talking through that, definition of cult i'm like oh gee i guess i haven't seen much of that in my own life yeah but but what i'm saying i think the cult thing would be activated most when you leave not a church right like because 
like whether if I when people leave a church, no one even talks about it or whatever in 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 like let's say in in a religion, right? So I think that would be more religious than culty. But then if you try to leave like in this case, if like is the religion a cult? Like if you try to leave Scientology at all, like like you know what I mean? Then then you obviously that can even be that's even less about like when you go to certain places. But if you try to leave the whole thing that's kind of when the, the, the claws come out, you know what I mean? Or that or yeah. when I was speaking about Christianity dynamic. So I would say, but listen, you might not know anybody. I'm not trying to press to like, you make somebody up, but like, do you know anybody who's literally like divested themselves from the movement entire and been like, yeah, guys, I don't believe, like, I would assume this would have to happen at some point if you've been in it for years. At some point, someone's been like, yeah, I don't really buy all this stuff anymore. I don't believe it. Well, there's an example coming up, and this is actually yeah. very, very fresh for me. Um, I'm, one of my groups is called Organizing White Men for Collective Liberation. Um, and I don't actually love that brand name, but I, be I believe in what, what, what to me it stands for, which is those of us who are lightly melanated and male, uh, just just a, a, an affinity group for us to do our own interrogation. and of the power and privilege we hold uh, and as well as to organize ourselves in, in activist ways. And yeah. that, you know, we're, we're pretty deeply embroiled right now. Um, one branch of that that I'm involved with in, in, you know, trying to figure out why we haven't had a lot of stickiness. You know, we've had some people come for a little while and go. And some of that was just wrapped up with the, the pandemic and George Floyd and, you know, all of the, I mean, there were so many there was so much more activism you know, happening two years ago than now in that way, yeah, marches yeah. and protests and all that. Um, but I, I have, I think part of, part of our dysfunction is that uh, I think when, when men have left this group, some other men have like not handled that well. Uh, mm. that they, they've accused them of, you know, they, I think the belief is kind of like, well, if you're not in this group, then you're not doing your work. Or if you're not in this group, you're not doing it the right way. Or if you're, you're in, if you're not in this group, you're not serious about, you know, interrogating this this particular definition of white maleness and unpacking it, and, and you know yeah. all the things. Um, and I I'm not very attracted to that. I don't think that's health, healthy, and I don't think that I think that I think the metrics are pretty obvious where <laughs> people don't leave. I mean, that's a pretty or they don't stay, sorry. And yeah, yeah, yeah. For very long. And then even when they do come back, we, we had a bit of a re regathering recently and we're starting to get a little more momentum. But even when people came back, the, the, some men were kind of asking the tone of, of asking wasn't like, hey, welcome back. Where you been? It was like, hey, where you been? Yeah. Just like the yeah. like accusatory kind of tone to it. Um, so, so that, that I'm, I'm still embroiled in that. I'm sort of trying to sort that out and just even feel into like, well, what's, what's really here? What wants to be here? Um, mm. it's, it's been, it's, it's challenging and I still don't know exactly how that's going to work out or even like what my place is in it. Um, you know, is it like worth trying to, you know, bring, I think some of these ideas in to build a healthier culture that's not a cult. Um, yeah. that can that can kind of withstand that is resilient to the idea of people coming and going without taking offense to it or needing to sort of tear them down or or just simply leaning into the curiosity like oh, like where you been like yeah 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 really I'm open like did you have a family thing or 
do you not care about this anymore? Or was this not the right vibe? Or did you find another group? Or, you know, there's a million reasons. Yeah, yeah. Somebody may leave a group. Yeah, like an exit interview. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so that one, okay. you know, maybe I'll report back how that whole discussion goes, but it's been, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been challenging to say the least. It would be interesting, yeah, to answer that question and be like, yeah, I don't know if I buy this anymore. And then like, that that's what I'm super curious about. Like, um, but I guess it, depending, again, because it being sort of decentralized, then then for many people may feel no need to renounce and you wouldn't really know until you interacted with them and started talking about something and they started saying something that was like uh, anathema, you know, uh, uh, to the, to the, to, to any sort of mutually held uh, tenants or whatever. Anyway, super interesting, uh, super interesting. And I hope uh, helpful to people listening um, as a way to kind of reckon with whatever way you're thinking <laughs> to go, oh, wait, is, and try this on, try it on as a worldview. If we're both kind of inclining that, yeah, let's try, try woke, Woke as religion on for the next couple of weeks, whether you're in or outside of it, and see if that can help you more easily perceive every single person you're communicating with as a person that you are able to um, love. I, I would love to hear about people trying that. That's yeah, I would, I would like that too. And if you don't love, you're out. <laughs> Only lovers. <laughs> All right. I love you. I love you.